You're listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives, inspiring people to arise together. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com. Well, it is, uh, it is an honor to be here tonight, and uh, are we good? Awesome. It is an honor to be here. We had planned to be outside. We had planned to uh, be in person, but plans change, and we had a location change on us, but I'm excited to be at McKernan tonight, thankful for Donovan and the team, thankful for you that are watching tonight, wherever you're watching from. I have friends from different places in the world say, hey, I'm tuning in tonight, and so I just want to say welcome. It is an honor to have you. It's an honor to be here tonight. I just sense his presence is tangible in this place right now, and and there's something that God's going to do in us tonight. This word is burning in my heart. It's like I got ants in my pants, and I just got to release this word tonight. There's just something that he wants to do in each one of us tonight, and it's tangible, and uh, it's like a sovereign moment. It's a now word. It's a now word for whatever you're going through, whatever you feel. There's a now word for you tonight, and so I I just want you, you know, we have people watching from all over. Can you just write in the chat where you're watching from on YouTube, Facebook? Where are you watching this from? Where are you watching us from? And would you share this? Because someone needs to hear this word tonight. I, I feel it more than ever, and all afternoon, I mean, I was preaching to the walls in my house because there's just something, you know, when there's something that comes on you and you know this is the word of the Lord right now, and I just sense it for me so strongly, and so um, I want to share this, and the word I have tonight is here comes the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer, and, and it's this idea of that, that, that is found in Joseph, and if you've been tracking with resurgence at all in the last few months, you'll know that, that we've been, I've been talking about Joseph nonstop, okay? Still love me. Um, please don't switch off this. I'm sorry. I'm talking about, but I just, I'm like, God, can I talk about Joshua? Can I talk about any other person? Even that starts with a J. I'll talk about someone else. But I just feel God always drawing me back to the story of Joseph, the story of the dreamer. And um, there's something he wants to teach us tonight. 17-year-old Joseph has a dream. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis 37. In Genesis 37, I want to read starting at verse 5. Joseph had a dream, and when he had told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to the dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose, stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? They hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said to them. Then he had another dream, and he told his brothers, Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as brothers, his father even rebuked them and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the matter in mind. And then his father sends him to a place, the Bible says, called Shechem. Everybody say Shechem. Wherever you are, say Shechem. People who are watching you in your room right now are like, why are you saying this weird word? Um, but this, the word Shechem actually means a memory of a place. It means, it means a memory of a well. It means the comeback place. And that's where Joseph sets out to go to Shechem. But when his brothers, when he gets there, somebody says, your brothers aren't here anymore. They've left Shechem, and they've gone to a place called Dothan. So they've gone to this place called Dothan. And Dothan means a place of two wells. Um, when, When they see Joseph approaching, they say this line. They say, here comes the dreamer. Genesis 37, 19 says, let's kill him, they say, and throw him into one of these wells in Dothan and say a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we will see what happens of his dreams. At Dothan, Joseph was thrown in a pit. At Dothan, he was sold into slavery. His coat was taken away. away. It was smeared with blood from an animal. He was sold for 20 shekels of silver. 
To his brothers, the dream was done. To his brothers, the dreamer was over. But to Jacob, his father that was weeping, the dreamer had died. Yet in Egypt, the dreamer lived on. He, he actually lived on. And, and henceforth, the seeds of those dreams inside of him were still waiting to be realized, still percolating inside of him, still there, even though Joseph may have given up on those dreams. Over all those things, they were still there percolating inside of him because the dreamer lived on. See, the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph. Genesis 39, it says that Potiphar could see the Lord was with him and everything he touched prospered as a result. Because of Joseph, everything prospered. He served. He worked hard. See, hard work is a form of worship. It's, it's how we worship God. And so everything that Joseph did, it prospered. And, and we see this. And you know, because of Joseph working hard and, and them seeing it, he, we, we see a model of somebody who's in a hostile culture, somebody who's been rejected by his own family, somebody who, who's been in this, um, abandoned by his own family, in a lonely place, yet in a lonely place, the dreamer lives on. I'm not sure if you're watching tonight and you feel like you're in a lonely place. I felt like God just said to me, there are people that you feel like a lonely place, but can I remind you, God uses the dreamer lives on in a lonely place. You may be all alone, but you're not alone because God is with you in a lonely place. And Joseph didn't even, his family rejected him and he's by himself and yet the dreamer lived on. The dreams that God has put in you are not, are not just going to die. But even when in a lonely place, God's percolating them. God's developing them. There's a process that's happening. You know, then Joseph's falsely accused. He's of attempted rape of Potiphar's wife. He's sent to prison. And then the Lord shows him kindness and favor, the Bible says. And he's in charge of the prison. And yet he doesn't see his dream come to fruition. He says to, to two people have a dream in the prison, and he says to them, why do you look so sad today? See, Joseph started caring about the dreams of others. He wanted to help others. Uh, when you don't know how to accomplish your dream, can I suggest serve someone else's dream and God will bring you into your dream? That's what I've found with my life. If I don't know what God's calling me to do, I find a dream that I know that God has put on someone, and I serve that dream. And that's what Joseph did. See, because in it, you find the breakthrough. The Bible says that Joseph had to wait in that prison two full years. I like how it says the word full. You know, like not partial years, not like quick years, two full years. Basically, can I, can I say it means it felt like an eternity. It felt like 10 years. It felt like forever. I don't know about you, but have you been in seasons where it feels like forever? Like nothing is happening, nothing is moving for, for two full years. And Pharaoh has a dream, and, and, and the cupbearer thinks of Joseph. And I often think of the day before this happened, how does Joseph feel? Does he know that tomorrow's the day everything's going to change? He doesn't know that. He doesn't know that he's going to wake up tomorrow and they're going to say, you need to shave, you need to clean up, you need to go from the prison to the most powerful world leader and you're going to tell him what God says. He doesn't know that the day before. Yet for some reason, he's prepared in his heart. See, it's in the secret place. It's in the hidden places. It's in the places that we think are lonely and, and that we're going nowhere, that God develops us, prepares us, prepares us for the moment that he needed to be prepared for. Joseph didn't know that moment was coming. I, I can imagine the fear that was going on inside of him because the baker got impaled when he went towards Pharaoh. So here's Joseph going, is this the end? Is this the end of me? Is this the end of the dreamer? And no, it wasn't. And Joseph goes there. See, God was watching over his dream. And Joseph goes there and he tells him, I cannot do it. I cannot interpret your dream, but God can give you an answer of peace. 
And he says, for seven years, there's going to be abundance, but for seven years, there's going to be famine. You need to store up things. See, it is to one thing to hear God for yourself. It's one thing to go, okay, God, you're speaking to me. I hear your voice. It's another thing to tell the most powerful leader in the world what God is saying. Because it's all good for the first seven years, but at the end of the seven years, you better be right. (laughs) You better be right what you said. You better be right what you heard from God. Your word will be tested. And, And Joseph got put in charge. Genesis 41 Verse 57 says, And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because a famine was severe everywhere. Joseph had two sons, Manasseh, it says, and he said, It is because God made me forget all my trouble in all my father's household. And he had Ephraim. God made me fruitful in the land of suffering. See, he was suffering in that land, but God made him fruitful. And then his brothers end up coming to buy food from him. And in Genesis 45, he reveals, that he reveals himself to them, and it says that he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and all of Pharaoh's household heard about it. He hugged, and he kissed them, and he said, you sold me, but God sent me. You sold me, but God sent me. The dream came true. The reality was he stepped into those dreams that he had as a 17-year-old. They came true. He not only saved himself, he not only saved his brothers, he not only saved his father, but he saved a whole generation of Israelites that would come. See, God kept the dream. The dream didn't die. The Jacob, you know, the father of Joseph, actually gave this blessing over him. And, and at that season of this blessing, he said, I want to give you my land at Shechem. Everyone say Shechem. Shechem. And... Um, And so he blessed his son, and he said this over Joseph. Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches scale leap the wall. With bitterness, archers attack him. They shot at him with hostility, but his bow remained steady. His arms stayed limber because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of your father's God who helps you, because of the Almighty who blesses you. He was a fruitful by a spring, a vine that leaped over a wall, scaled the wall. Bitters, bitter archers attacked him, yet his bow remained steady. What commentators say about that, what the smart people say about that, is that Joseph bow steady, that that his bow being steady actually means that he was unshaken. When he was thrown in a pit, when he was betrayed by his brothers, when he was accused of, of rape, when he was all these things that happened to him, when he was favored and yet forgotten, he wasn't shaken. And what strikes me about the story of Joseph, about this fruitful vine is He didn't quit. Joseph didn't quit. And and I think that's what we can learn from this tonight. We can learn that Joseph didn't quit. He didn't give up. When it was constantly a battle for years, when it was constantly a process, when it was constantly a trial, when when it was hard, when it was easy to give up, he didn't quit. At the deepest level, he kept on believing. He kept on trusting. He he was betrayed by his own family, and yet he kept going. You may say, Travis, you just told us a really long story, and I'm watching, and it's hard to watch online and, and stay focused. Like, why did you tell me this all tonight? What's the point? I share this tonight because someone needs to hear this today. Someone needs to hear this tonight. Don't quit trusting him. Don't quit trusting Jesus. Don't quit believing. Don't quit hoping. Don't quit believing that the dreams God gave you will come to pass. The Almighty blesses you to keep your bow steady, to remain unshaken. When everything we know is coronavirus up and we're so tired of COVID-19 and and all of this is when the world that we know is shaken, I, I want to say, don't be shaken. Trust Jesus in this moment. Don't, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't throw in a towel. Don't look at the wind. Don't look at the waves. Don't look at the struggle. Don't look at the setback. Don't look at the pit you may be in. But trust Jesus in this thing. 
bitter archers may attack you. Words may come. Opinions are a dime a dozen. They're plenty. But his bow remained steady. He was unshaken. Well, see, when our identity is found in him, when the bitter archers say some words, when words cannot hurt us if our identity is in him and not in the things that we try to accomplish. See, if we put our identity in, in the things we're trying to accomplish, then what we do is we want to return on our investment. We, we want to get something back because it's our thing. It's a thing that we have to protect. It's a thing that we have to keep. It's a thing that we got to watch over. But the dream God wants to put in us isn't our dream. It's his dream. And when it's his dream, I don't have to defend it. I don't have to defend the rejection. I don't have to defend the bitter archers. But I can be steady because it's identity found in him, not in the thing I do. Amen. See, when it's found in being, it's different than doing. And when I know who I am in him, when I know that I'm a son, that I'm loved, that there's nothing else I can do to earn his love, then all of a sudden it changes everything. I remain unshaken. When everything is shaken... I'll be steady. I want to declare, I want to decree tonight, I want to call forth the dreamer tonight. It's time to dream again. It's time for dreams to arise again. The word resurgence means arising again. It means resurrection, renewal of use. And I want to call forth every person that's watching tonight. If there's a dream that God spoke over you and it's dusty and it's old and maybe this season it feels so far away, God's brushing it off right now. Wherever you are in the world watching this, God's saying it's time for you. It's time for you to believe again. It's time to you to trust again. Here comes the dreamer, and you're the dreamer. I'm the dreamer. That's the call of God for us. I want to declare over resurgence tonight. We, we've had some amazing years. We've had some amazing services. I, I think of the services we've had at McKernan Baptist where the presence of God was incredible and people were healed. And I think of the times over the years that we've gone various places. I think of the gatherings we have. I, I think of all the good dreams we've had so far. But I believe what God would say over us as resurgence is arise, arise. It's time to dream dreams you've never thought. It's time to believe for nations you never thought. It's time to stretch your tent pegs from coast to coast. It's time to believe for a revival, not just in Edmonton, but in cities across the land. It's time for a move of God. And that move of God is going to come when, when, our, when we're rooted in Him, when we pass the test of character. See, it's one thing to have a gathering, but how, how do you live the life every day? It's one thing to encounter Him in a room. It's one thing, but I, I believe the test right now is how do you encounter Him when you're all by yourself in your home watching this video because he's the same God and his presence is coming to you right now wherever you are and I believe the reality is that God is saying yeah gatherings are great and I believe in stadium gatherings I believe God's going to call us to greater gatherings and stadiums and nations and all of that but here's the thing we can't have the gathering unless we have a greater scattering the reality is what God's doing in this season is he's building a character in the body of Christ right now. He's actually saying, are you integral? Do you say what you say? Do you do what you say? Do you, do you, are, you, are you somebody I can trust to, to pour out my spirit in a greater way? See, because favor can't compensate for that, that integrity. Favor can't compensate. Joseph had an integrity that when he was tested, when he was tested by Potiphar's wife, he cared more what God thought than anyone else. Yeah. And there's a testing that God's saying, do you care? Do you care? Because my dreams will happen in you, but I want to know if you have the characters to sustain what I want to do. And there's a transition that's happening, and, and I just want to declare that. You know, I, I think of Mark 2. They carried this mat up some stairs, broke a hole in the ceiling of a house. These people grabbed the corner of a mat. I believe it's time to grab the corner of a mat. This is not about one person or somebody on a stage. This is about you, wherever you are tonight, grabbing the corner of mat saying, God, what's the dream for me? And, and a dream will always be bigger than you if it's a God dream. 
What's the dream? How do I grab the corner of the mat? God wants us as a, as a generation, as a people, to grab a corner of a mat and take the gospel to places to, to bring people to Jesus that would never get to Jesus on their own. See, in that story of Mark 2, they took someone to Jesus for an encounter where that person would never have got to Jesus without them. We were made for this moment. God wants to give a new perspective today. You know, you can let coronavirus, we can let coronavirus, the issues of the world that are nonstop run the narrative, define the future, set the course of the future, or we can dream some new dreams for the future. Isaiah says, I'm doing a new thing, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Yes. You remember that place, Dothan, that I mentioned? Everybody say Dothan. That place was the place they put Joseph in a well. Years later, Elisha actually lived in Dothan. He had a condo in Dothan, probably close to those two wells. He set up a nice little place there. And in 2 Kings chapter 6, we see that horses and chariots and a strong force say, we're going to go to Dothan and we're going to take out Elisha. And his servant flips the lid. His servant is freaking out. Like he's like, what are we going to do? And, and the prophet of God said, do not be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots a fire all around Elisha. God says tonight, open up your eyes so that you may see what I see. You may see despair. You may see a pit. You may see loneliness. You may say, see hopelessness. But God says, do you see what I see? Do you see what I see with eyes of faith tonight? Here's the reality. Both Joseph and Elisha had a setback at Dothan. They both had a setback there, and they saw tough things. They saw major disappointments that came against them. Everything seemed to play against Joseph there. And, and in, in the story of Joseph, at the time, God seemed very absent from the crisis. He wasn't there. But later, Joseph could look back and say, I was sold at Dothan, but God, you were actually sending me at Dothan. That was the moment I was sent by you. You used me in a powerful way to save a nation and a generation. Elisha had a different kind of vision. He had a foresight, not a hindsight. He could see a vision for the future. He said, do not fear. Those who are with us are more than those that are with them. I felt like God wants to remind every one of us tonight, every one of us watching tonight, every one of us here, our worship team tonight, that he's been at work in the struggle, in the pain, even when we haven't felt him present. God is at work. The Bible says, suffer a little while and he will establish you. God is establishing. There is an establishment today. I want to declare and decree God is establishing people today. He's establishing dreams. He's establishing strategies. He's establishing vision. There's some pastors watching. God's saying there's a new vision. There's an establishment that he's doing in you and you would never have seen it unless you've gone through this season. And there's something he's birthing in leadership and leadership development for somebody watching watching. You're going to release leaders like you've never released them before. And see, there's something that he's doing. John 6, I'm reminded where Jesus gets in a boat and suddenly it's at the other shore. See, there's an acceleration that happens when Jesus gets in the boat. And I believe that God is establishing and he's accelerating things at a quick pace, that we're going to see an acceleration. Breakthrough is near. Breakthrough is near. Actually, can I say it's here? It's not near, it's here. See, dreams that are so dusty that you forgot them. Joseph named a child saying he's glad he forgot the suffering. And yet God says, I never forgot. God says, I never forgot. See, we were made in the image of a creator God. You and me were made in the image of a creator God. We were created to create. The future is ours to create, to, to God to inspire our minds to create a future different. We can fear the narrative, and we can believe the narrative of fear, or we can create the future. 
God's calling us to create. He's calling us to imagine. I get to interact with people all the time, and they're either haunted by the thought that they're living beneath their potential. They're haunted by that thought. And so they're either driven and trying to accomplish and ambitious, or they're discouraged and depressed and lifeless. As different as that may appear, they all have one element in common, this longing they can't satisfy without dreaming of something greater. The longing is rooted in that singular characteristic that distinguishes all humans from any other species. We were made to dream. We were made to dream. A bee can't dream. Other animals can't dream, but we can dream. We can dream. Erwin McManus says this, ants have colonies and bees have beehives, but only humans create the future. See, we have the ability with our words, with our work, to establish the future. And, and I think of, you know, in Genesis, all these people, Cain and, and, and Tubal-Cain and, and Jubal and all these, Jabal and all these names that one, of the, one guy made the first mountain equipment co-op or, you know, the other guy, he, he's like, I'm going to be an iron worker. And the other guy's like, I'm going to, like, raise livestock and I'm going to build tents. And then, you know, Cain killed his brother and built a whole city out of his anger. A whole city. He must have been really angry. That's like a lot of work. See, our job is to dream, to risk, to step out of the water, to step on the water, to, to put a stake in the future and say we believe what God's going to do in our nation. Canada will be saved. America will be saved. South Africa will be saved. Whatever nation you're watching from tonight will be saved. God is on the move to do something. See, when the memories exceed your dreams, you know the end is near, Andy Stanley says. Resurgence, where are you on that? I ask you tonight, where are we at that as a ministry? Are our memories greater than our dreams, or are we going to dream bigger than we've ever dreamed before? Leader, I ask you tonight. Pastor, I ask you tonight. Are your dreams bigger than your memories? It's time to dream again. Here comes the dreamer. And I can't escape this thought tonight. The season we came through, I believe, was a gift God is going to use to position some people. That there's a transition happening. Some are watching tonight. You're feeling a shift. You're feeling a transition. And God has used it because you've spent time in the secret place and he's developing something that you had never heard amongst the busyness that we keep our lives at. And this unplugging has actually caused you to be able to hear what he's saying. And I want to encourage you to spend time in this season. See, our lives are about more than us. It's about legacy. And the story of Joseph, it didn't end with him. It didn't end with him. Exodus 1 says, All the persons who came from the loins of Jacob were 70. But Joseph was already in Egypt. Joseph died and all his brothers and all that generation. But the sons of Israel fruitful and increased greatly and multiplied and became exceedingly mighty so that the land was filled with him. See, he saved a generation. Proverbs 13, 22 says, A good person leaves an inheritance for children's children. See, a bad person leaves no legacy, no inheritance. See, if there's no future planning, you can't be dubbed a good person. If you're not planning the future, you're not a good person, the Bible says. It, it, it's not just about me today, but it's a three-generational level. That is leadership. We live for so much right now, but, but we have to think legacy. We have to think tomorrow. At the end of his life, Joseph gave these incredible instructions. He said, you intended to his brothers, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done for the saving of many lives. And then he told them this, I'm about to die but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. And then he had them swear an oath. And this is what he said, that you must carry my bones up from this place. This is incredible. Egypt was a great place. Why do you want to leave? 
At the time, you know, Joseph had a vision and a foresight. He saw the promised land yet to come. He goes, take my bones there. In fact, it was like, don't leave my bones, but take my bones to the land of the promise. He saw it. Even when Egypt was a great place to live, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad place at that time. They weren't in slavery at that time. This was before all of that. And Joseph had a foresight to say, there's a place that God has promised, the promised land, and I don't want to miss the promised land. So take my bones to that place when we get there. That's incredible. Here's the, here's the crazy thing about this whole story, is that in Hebrews, there's this hall of faith in Hebrews, we, Hebrews 11, about these amazing people that do amazing things for God. And, and as I read them, I'm inspired, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing, the faith of Abraham, and he was as good as dead, and yet he had Isaac, you know, and all these cool things. And, you know, Joseph made the hall of faith. But it's not what I thought he would be in there for. I thought he would be in there for saving a generation. I thought that Joseph would, would hit that for, you saved an entire generation, which was pretty noble of a thing. <laughs> but it says this in Hebrews eleven twenty two: By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about the burial of his bones. That's what he made the hall of faith for. See, Moses carries his bones from there, and when they split the sea, they were hauling Joseph, Joseph's bones along. His bones got to go through that split sea. His bones went across the desert. Uh, Joshua is dying, and it's when Joshua actually dies that they finally bury Joseph. They bury him in this place, and I, I, it's the place called Shechem. That's where Joseph bones were buried. Why? Because Shechem was the land that was willed to him. It was his father's land. Jacob had given him that place. See, Shechem means the comeback place. It, it's, it's the place he first went looking for his brothers. It's the place that he set out. Here comes the dreamer was called of him. It means a memory of a well. See, there are some wells that God is redigging and rebirthing in this season. There are some memories of dreams. God's saying it's time to come back to them in this season. He, it, it's, it's he that keeps the word. And the very place that Joseph set out on his journey is the place that his bones were laid to rest. It was the land that was willed to him. Some have given up on their dream and given up on the well and all these things. And I just sense God saying tonight, I'm redigging the well. I'm redigging the wells of revival. I'm redigging the wells. That, that, that there's a spring that's underground and a well taps into a spring. See, Joseph was a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches leap over a wall. Why? Because he was connected to the spring. God is redigging a spring. In 1923, Charles Price came to Edmonton and we founded this ministry, Reading This, where he came to Edmonton and people were so hungry, 12,000 would gather a night at night and they would, they would break the window because they were so hungry to get in. I want to declare and decree it's time that the spring rise up again in Edmonton again. It's time that the spring up a well happens in our nation again. Canada will be saved. America will be saved. The nations of the earth are called to come to him. And, and there's something that he's saying tonight. He's saying whatever dream you have, it's time to believe again. It's time to dig up that dream again, to believe that there's water in the well. There might be dirt and there might be mud and there might be sticks that block the blockage to the well, but when you go a little deeper, the spring is still running underground. And God is doing something. As I prayed tonight I, or this afternoon, I felt there, there's some people that are watching tonight and you've been hurt by the church. You've been hurt by the church. As a result, it's actually plugged up the well. You want more of God in your life. You're hungry for God, but there's been some hurt that's happened for you in the church. See, the church is the bride of Christ. We need to love the bride. If you can't say you love the bride tonight, it's time to get healing tonight. It's time to let it go tonight because what it's doing is it's getting you frustrated and it's blocking the flow of God in your life. It's time to forgive. And I say as a leader, 
and I say as a pastor, I say, I am sorry. I am sorry for you being hurt in the church. I'm sorry um, for you being left out. I'm sorry for the times that pastors and leaders and board members and whoever in the church hurt you. But can I suggest to you that God is developing you, and in this pain, if you let go of it and if you give it to him and you let God heal you, he's going to do something incredible. He, he's healing that tonight. You're watching tonight, and God wants to heal. God, I pray for each person that has hurt from church tonight. And as I said that, they went to the specific instant. They went to the thing the pastor said, or the person said, or the small group leader said, or whatever. They, they went to that moment. And I pray right now a healing that they be able to let go. They be able to forgive. They be able to repent, God, whatever you're saying. And there would be a release right now in Jesus' name that all hurt from the church that is blocking the well that you want to do in our lives would be let go tonight in Jesus' name. See, God cares about legacy. What's your legacy? In the middle of this crisis, I talked to a friend, I was on a Zoom call with some friends, and one of them was from Mexico. And we were talking about finances in the church, and he was saying, you know, we're doing really well with finances, but uh, a pastor that I know in the city is having trouble with finances. And he came to me and he says, hey, what, what are you preaching? What should I be preaching now? In the middle of coronavirus, we're really struggling. What should we be preaching? And my friend said, it's hard because in the season of shaking, you reap what you sowed in another season. And so because you never taught in a different season, you're reaping now what you taught in that season when the shaking happens. Here's the thing. See, he didn't teach on giving when the times were good, and now in a tough time, he was lacking that teaching. Can I suggest that what you sow in this season is what you'll reap in the next season? It's not too late to start. It's not too late to start to sowing into God, to spending time in the secret place, to praying, to, to going into your room and worshiping, to get into the Word like never before. It's not too late because what you're going to reap in this next season to come is going to be what you sow right now. It's going to what you sow with your time and your energy. You know, hundreds of years later in John chapter 4, Jesus visits this place called Shechem. Jesus comes there. And he comes, it is now Samaria, and the Bible says that this is the place where he comes, and this is where the dreamer Joseph was, and it was given by Jacob. And at Jacob's well, Jesus gives a Samaritan woman a drink. He says to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water, a gift of God. Jesus shows up at this very same well and says, this is a spring of water welling up, which is eternal life. I want to live my life to see the dreams of God fulfilled, but I, wanna, I need to realize that what I do impacts everyone around me and everyone after me. What am I doing pouring my life into? The Bible says, go and make disciples. Who are we discipling? Who is coming after us? Who are we spending time with? Who are we raising up? I've never felt so alive. I never felt so invigorated. And I want to suggest to you that in this season, that in 2020, history books will be written about this year. The question I have for us tonight is what's the history book of Travis's life going to say? What's the history book of Karis's life, of Curtis's life, of Moe's, of Dean, of, of everyone watching tonight? What's your history book going to say? What happened in 2020? What's the dream that you said, I grabbed a hold of the dream because here comes a dreamer. God's called me to dream dreams. See, here comes a dreamer. It won't be easy. But Joseph's bones reached the promised land along with his descendants of the lives that he saved. In coronavirus, there's some fascinating results, and I'm going to close here. But there's fascinating results that are happening right now um, with premature births. And the researchers are saying that with premature births, that during the lockdown, the rate of babies born before 28 weeks had dropped 90%. That by an imposed rest, it has impacted the birth 
of babies. I felt there's something that God wants us to camp on for a second tonight and say something to this area of dreams. He has a dream for everyone watching tonight. He has a dream for everyone in this place. There's only, and everyone um, watching, and there's only something, that dream is only something you can do. It's a purpose that only you can fulfill. And, And it takes rest to birth the dream. I think many times in our busyness, the dream gets stillbirth. The dream becomes premature. It comes before it's ready. It becomes before the character and the integrity and all the things that God wants to build in us are ready because we're not willing to go through it. But God is saying when you rest in Him, when you know your identity, when you're found by a stream, when you know the Word of God, when you're in prayer, it's time to be in prayer, that that's when the dream starts to come to full birth. And there's a season out of rest that dreams are going to come to full birth. There's dreams that are going to be birthed. Maybe you're watching tonight and and you've had barrenness in your womb. I just want to declare Isaiah 54 in the natural that uh, shout for joy, O barren one. She who has not given birth, break forth into joyful shouting and rejoice. She who has not gone into labor for the spiritual sons of the desolate will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. We were at Champion City Church. I declared that over a woman. She got pregnant shortly after. I was at a camp a couple years ago, and barrenness over a woman, and she had a baby nine months later. See, God is a God of the miracle. God is a God of the breakthrough. God is a God that will say over our dreams tonight, will say over the promises tonight, here comes the dreamer. God declares over each one of us tonight, here comes the dreamer. We may not think that over ourselves. We may not think that's about us, but here comes the dreamer. Donovan, here comes the dreamer. Deuteronomy 11, 11 to 12 and, and, I, and I just believe this is a sovereign moment, and, and I'm going to ask the worship team, can we be on the stage at the same time? Yeah, I think we can. <laughs> and, you know, Deuteronomy 11 says, but the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It is the land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to the end. This verse has been so highlighted to me in this season, and I believe that we're sovereignly entering the promised land. You're entering the promised land. It felt so strong, and dear friend Pastor Anison in town felt this word as well and shared on this in verse 12 about the eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. God has been watching us in 2020. You may go, where has God been? Can I declare God was here in January and God is still with us and God sees everything that's going on and God knows what's going to happen in December. God sees the beginning from the end. God knows what's happening. And I want to declare that he's transitioning a people of God into the promises of God, into the promised land. Here comes the dreamer. The dream of God actually starts at receiving the gift of God. If you're watching tonight, I'm reminded of John 4 at Shechem where Jesus says, take a drink. Take a drink of eternal life. The reason why we do resurgence The reason why you stumbled upon this tonight online on YouTube or Facebook is because to know the dream of God starts at a relationship with Jesus, where he comes into our heart and changes everything. It's the greatest dream that can ever be realized. He dreamed of a family. He dreamed of us being his sons and his daughters and coming into relationship. And he has a place for us. And he says, if you ask me, I'll come into your heart tonight. You're watching tonight. Jesus wants to come into your heart for the first time. If you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, he wants to come and make a home in your heart tonight. In a moment, I'm going to pray for you. But I'm going to count to three. And I want you to respond. And how you're going to respond wherever you are, you're just going to, if that's you, if you, in, in the count of three, I want you to just reach forward. Reach your hand forward towards your screen, towards your TV, towards your smartphone. Just reach your hand forward, just like this. Like you're just going to touch it. And I'm going to pray. So I'm going to count to three. And you're going to do that. One, 
two. If you're thinking, well, maybe this is me, this is weird, why would I touch a screen? This is so weird. That's you, God speaking to you. The Spirit of God has come into your room. There's a love that is tangible, and he's saying, this is you, this is for you tonight. Touch, just touch the screen. Three. And now I want to pray for you wherever you're watching this. You can just close your eyes and just repeat after me. Jesus, I invite you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I submit my life to you. I give you my heart tonight. I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit tonight. Set me free from everything of the enemy. I thank you that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I receive your love tonight. I receive your hope tonight. I receive your peace and your joy. And now you can say amen. If you prayed that prayer tonight, the Bible says that all heaven rejoices. We rejoice with you. We want to celebrate with you. I want you to take a moment right now to go to info at liveresurgence.com. Info and just email us. Say, I prayed the prayer tonight. I prayed the prayer. You, no one has to know. You can just email us and, and we'll, we'll reach out to you and connect you with a church, connect you with somebody in your area, and, and we'll be able to get you some resources because this is what it's all about. The dreamer starts at knowing Jesus. The second thing tonight is that there's a dream that wants to arise in everyone that's watching tonight. And I want to pray over you that if the dream seems far, if you don't know the dream for you, if it seems dormant and it seems impossible and you don't know what to do, God wants to refresh and revive and restore dreams. I sensed as I prayed this afternoon that there's attack, there's arrows, there's people that are under attack right now, and it feels like principalities have come against you, and I want to break that off in Jesus' name, and there's something that, that there, there's something that's going to break as I pray in Jesus' name, so just join with me. Father, I thank you for everyone watching. I just declare and I decree tonight that the dreamer arise tonight, that the dreamer in us arise. We were created to dream, and every obstacle to the dream of God for us, we break that off. I just speak new dreams right now, new visions. I declare what has been dormant and dusty and seems impossible, I declare it to spring up from the ground. I declare that we would see with the eyes of the Lord in this season, that we would see what you see, like Elisha could see. God, give us a vision to see what you say, and God, to have faith, like faith like Joseph, to say, take my bones to that place. Take my bones to the promised land. God, I thank you that we're stepping into the promised land. I thank you that you're releasing dreams. I break off those watching that have family turmoil, where principalities have come against families and, and tried to destroy families, tried to destroy marriages. I break its power now in Jesus' name. I declare hope for marriages. I declare hope for children to come home to him, for the prodigal to come home. I declare businesses. There's ideas of businesses that are birthing right now. You're going to get an idea in this season for an idea, a creativity for a business. Songwriters, arise. It's time to arise in this season. It's time for songs to be written. There's authors that you're going to write a book. You're going to write a book in this season. Uh, Crystal, I knew you were watching earlier. It's time to keep writing the book. And you've been writing. It's time to release. It's time for new books. There's more on you and it's coming out in this season. Lorica in South Africa, God is doing something in you. And I just speak life over you right now. I speak fresh vision over you and fresh dreams over you, and I break off everything that's come against you tonight, and I declare breakthrough over everything you're believing for tonight. God, I, I thank you that you're, uh, there's leaders that are watching, and you've been hurt and dis disillusioned, and I just say God wants to encourage you tonight. God wants to strengthen you tonight. God wants to say you're not out of the game. You're not, you're not too old. You're not whatever. You've disqualified yourself. And, and he's saying, you're qualified. You're more qualified than you realize. And it's time to step in. It's time to lead. 
So right now, the band is going to lead us in one more song. But I want you to, wherever you are, to spend some time and say, God, what's the dream for me? What's the dream I need to start believing again? What's the new dream? Get a piece of paper out. Get your smartphone out and just start to write it down. Just get it out. Get it out to notes and start writing down and go, what is the dream that I have to write right now? Because God wants you to write a dream tonight. It's a dream that's going to change your future. It's a dream that God's going to propel. It's a dream that the Spirit of God is going to come on. And so I just ask you right now, to get something out and to start to just dream. Thanks for watching tonight. And if you've stayed all the way to the end, and I just, uh, as we're just watching, it's just there's something that's happening tonight in hearts. There's dreams that are, I, I just, as I was worshiping here, can I tell you, there's just something that's birthing. It is a season to dream again. And it's been a hard season for so many. And it's been a tough season. And you wonder when it's going to be over and when. But can I declare now is the season to dream. Because what you're going to reap in the season to come is what you're dreaming right now. And so I just want to encourage and I want to pray one more time. There's just something so tangible. It's like this sovereign thing tonight. And it's time to dream. And we've forgotten how to dream sometimes. And we've got lost in, in the news and the fear and the narrative that's, that's being displayed. But it's time to dream again. So God, I thank you. I thank you for everyone watching tonight. I thank you for an anointing to come into every household. I thank you for healing to come into every body that needs healing tonight. God, we pray for our frontline workers. We pray for our leaders. We pray for those that are leading in a pandemic that they would know how to lead they would know how to care. God, we pray for coronavirus to end. We pray for healing to come. We pray for a cure. We pray for a vaccine. But God, in this season, we, we pray for times with you. We pray that you would reveal the dream of God to every one of us. We pray for a breakthrough to happen in hearts and lives tonight. And we thank you that you're doing that right now. We declare and decree it is a season of the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. We thank you that there's leaders that are watching, there's pastors that are watching, and I declare it over your church tonight. I declare it over your leadership tonight, over your ministry tonight. Here comes the dreamer. Sunday morning, in your next board meeting, in your next leadership meeting, they're going to look at you and go, what happened to you? And it's going to be like, here comes the dreamer. Something is birthing new vision in you, and you're going to dream again. They're going to see a life in you again. They're going to see like, whoa, I there's something Something that came over me and it happened on Tuesday night. God got a hold of me and I'm dreaming again. So I declare that tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com.